You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast, and today I have Rita Clooney from Healing Touch for Babies. Rita's been a certified Healing Touch instructor and practitioner since 1994. Uh, thank you, Rita, so much for coming on the show with us. I'm really excited to talk about what you're doing, and if you could, uh, just give us uh, some background about what type of nurse you've been and how it led to Healing Touch for Babies for you. Well, um, I've been a nurse for a really long time and I've kind of um, varied between, you know, working in pediatrics and also working in neonatal intensive care. And um, when um, I had I also joined the Peace Corps and it was really interesting I went from a high-tech environment into um, life in the jungle Costa Rica where everything's really organic and natural and I kind of developed an exploration of healing and holistic work and um, you know just it just eventually evolved it's first started out on my own healing journey because I was afflicted with a lot of pain from an orthopedic condition I had had in childhood and so you know it was really personal about what I could do for myself to you know, just be comfortable in life and not get stuck on drugs. And so I wound up, um, after being gone for 10 years out of the United States, I came back and found out about nurses actually doing Healing Touch, which had been introduced as energy medicine by um, Dolores Krieger. She had a PhD in nursing. She was in Columbia University. And everybody thought she was crazy. And um, Janet Menken, who founded Healing Touch, was one of her students. And so I wound up in these classes, and it just was such a remarkable experience. You know, I'd kind of had healing um, peak experiences, and this was just a continuation of life-changing, a life-changing modality to help me to become more grounded and more centered and become more of who I am. And I was so enthusiastic about it, I decided to become an instructor. Well, all this time, you know, I started in, um, in 1989, and they were actually firing nurses for doing healing work at the bedside. You're kidding. No, uh, this was back in the day, you know, it's just kind of almost dangerous. I mean, I used to pull the curtain to do healing work on people. I had to be very discreet about it. And, um, you know, what was interesting was at that time, Hugh Downs did, um, like it was like one of these 2020 programs. It was on um, technology and um, healing winding up together. And what it was about was Dr. Oz. Well, now Dr. Oz is famous, you know, but he used to be a cardiothoracic surgeon at Columbia Presbyterian University. And what he had was he had like a complimentary care package, or now we call it integrative, you know, that he would, you know, his patients could choose what they wanted. And if they wanted to do this in addition, they would sign up for it and they would, have, they would pay extra. And what was great about it was, is that they asked this guy who was obviously redneck, 
And, you know, he started looking at Hugh Downs and telling him, well, what he's talking about is a crock of BS and whatever. And a couple hours later, he started to get so anxious and said, I want to try it. So they took him through getting uh, reflexology. Um, this anesthesiologist came in to get consent and he did hypnosis with post-hypnotic um, suggestion, a very good pain control and being comfortable. You know, back then everybody had um, Walkmans and uh, so they put earphones in their ears so that they wouldn't hear what was going on and they played his favorite music and they also had a healer at the bedside and she worked on the patient while he was having surgery. And then they wheel him into um, an intensive care and instead of staying there, they only recovered there to make sure that they were awake all their tubes were taken out and they were taken to the room either that night or the next day. And these people were having, they're like in their 70s and 80s having triple and quadruple bypass grafts and they were sailing through their surgery. Well, part of that is, is a relaxed body is a lot easier to put under than a stressed one. So they recovered from the anesthesia faster. And then the healer came and showed the parents or the, or the, the, the family how to do some healing techniques to keep the pain under control, and they went home within the week. So even though I was surrounded by all these people who kept telling me what I was doing was crazy, what I would do is I would tell them this story to make it a viable thing. Well, you know, 30 years now later, there's a lot of healing touch in hospitals all over the place, all over the country, especially hotspots like Honolulu and Cincinnati and Denver and the Northeast, you know, and I don't know why I'm in California, but there aren't, there isn't too much happening in-house, you know, here. But, <laughs> I would think of California would be all over that. I know, you would think. Right? <laughs> it's a surprise to me, too. I mean, there's a lot happening in different versions, but it's, I don't think it's been integrated into the hospital, or at least from what I've seen. So while I was um, in my younger days, you know, people would come up to me and they would say, and I was working in neonatal intensive care, and they would say, what do you do different? And I'm afraid to work on babies. And this was something that was already very second nature to me. And I just was kind of bewildered. And I just remembered, you know, once I had a lot of experience and a lot of um, workshops under my belt, I went to the 2000 Healing Touch Conference, and when we were at the teacher's meeting, I turned to one of the lead instructors and I said, I keep thinking maybe I should start a Healing Touch for Babies class, but I'm not sure. And she was so excited and so supportive, and so was Janet, the founder, so that's when Healing Touch for Babies started. And it has evolved as I have, because it's not just about techniques anymore, but I also have found so much research about the field of pre and perinatal psychology that to me has really opened the doorway for people to be able to see that their whole life experience, believe it or not, including conception, is a part of their cellular memory, like whether their brains are um, mature enough to get the, the to get the value of it at that moment they can hear they have proved that, that you know when they, they've done hypnosis and they showed that 
people actually have not only remembered their birth, they also remember experiences prenatally, especially if they've been traumatic. You know, and there's various books about all this. And I have to say that's part of what I love teaching is because I think that with the high pace of life today, it's like people are just so outside themselves that you don't connect. And one of the ways to keep a baby in utero healthy is by connection. That's also true in the neonatal intensive care unit. The babies whose mothers and fathers come to hold them, they do better than the ones that aren't. That's, that's, to me, that's common sense. They spend millions of dollars doing studies to prove the obvious. Right? So, I would like to get one of those jobs, you know? So anyways, it was, it's just really funny, but it's really true. And there, um, there was, a, there's a, a doctor who, um, he passed away, but during his whole life experience, he was an OB and his philosophy was, you know, here birth is done to you. There, he felt like he was part of a team with the mom and the dad and the baby, or even just the mom and the baby if the dad wasn't around. And how he prepared them was they would do meditation to get in touch with their body, you know, their uterus, and then with the baby and start to communicate with the baby very early on and start to feel connection and, if, and, and to talk to their baby and to feel, to start to um, develop a relationship, that connection. And, um, and then they would invite the baby to communicate back. So what it was basically doing was helping these women sharpen their sense of intuition and trust their gut, trust their, their knowing. And when it would be time to, um, to get close to term or to labor, they would prepare them for what what a contraction was and just go through and just talk their way through what labor's like and um what happened was is he delivered 1200 babies not with 1200 different women because some of them had babies you know and uh out of 1200 women he had three premature babies three c-sections and no postpartum depression wow that's pretty impressive. That's very impressive considering where it is now because you know what happens is, is that, you know, women aren't emotionally prepared to be in touch with themselves. They're not really comfortable. They come from a stressed life. And I mean, I even know nurses that work up until the day they go into labor and they go into the hospital and they're, they haven't really practiced relaxation because that's something you really need to do but to be able to go through labor and labor isn't called labor for nothing. So what happens is these women get really stressed or the nurses and doctors get stressed and then other mechanisms start to come into place. And, you know, then they ask for, um, you know, the, um, for anesthesia and then they come out of that feeling robbed because that what happens is, is that once they get the spinal, it might have failure to progress and then have a C-section and then it goes through that, you know. And, and I know a lot of women who are really angry and resentful after that happens because, you know, and sometimes their babies come to the NICU, 
and so they don't get what they want and i you know not also what's interesting is is that the energy that we carry as healthcare professionals contributes to either the relaxation or the stress of the patient absolutely i absolutely believe that and you know you know what's interesting is that I feel like for the first 20 years of my nursing career, like if anybody had talked to me about energy or, you know, any of us in the unit where I worked, it would have been like, you know, that's weird. That's, that's so out there. It's not acceptable in this community. And then when I kind of left the healthcare world and just needed to find kind of what you're talking about, just to, to be more in touch with myself. And I came into the whole energy field and it was like, Oh God, this is, you know, it, what is so like scary about energy that one, you know, you could be fired <laughs> for doing energy work on somebody. And, and two, why is it so hard to believe that um, energy can help and heal and have a positive effect on people? Yeah, well, you know, I spent a fair amount of time in the Bible Belt, so I experienced also a little bit of isolation and ridicule from people. Oh, that sure. <laughs> who don't understand it so in a lot of ways I've learned how to just bring their nursing information back because when I say you know when I talk about energy I went to um, or I saw an online lecture from a, a nuclear physicist who said you know the energy production in our body and this is physical energy it's all electricity I mean if you put right electrodes on your brain you see your brain has you know energy spike or electrical spikes your heart does from ekgs you know your muscles do your neurological system is is electricity happening and in order to keep that energy production fluid and functioning he said that if you were able to stick two fingers into an electrical outlet you have enough electricity in your body for your own energy production that you can light up a city block for two days. Oh, wow. <laughs> so when you say something like that, you know, you can talk about ATP production or, or the Krebs cycle, which I don't remember any phase of, but it's just more to say that that's the energy that we're talking about. It's not some fly in the sky, voodoo, whatever. And I lived in New Orleans and had to deal with that as well. Because people kept saying, you don't know what you're messing with. But the truth is, I've never found any side effects with it, you know? It's like, if the worst, I always tell people the worst thing that can happen is nothing happens. Right. So is that something that you've experienced? Like, do people have to believe in energy for it to work? Or, you know, because then some people would say, oh, it's a placebo. Like, like it matters. If it works, it works. But, you know. Well, I've had both responses, you know, because the thing is, is just being in the medical environment. One of the ways I find to, found to help instead of trying to lecture people is they would say, oh, I have a headache or my knee hurts or whatever. And I said, you know, my services are free for first aid. And I would just do it like as a demonstration. And, you know, some people were so scared of it, they blocked it. But then a lot of people are like, wow, how did you do that? And, you know, what's really funny was the first time somebody did that to me, I was like, wow, how did you do that? Because I had a migraine headache and I was in a workshop and I was kind of, you know, some things had come up and about my past that were pretty heavy duty. And 
I embodied it in a way it gave me a headache. Instructor comes over at dinner time and he waves his hands over my head and then my headache's gone. And I had to learn how to do that. But it's, you know, and it's interesting because some people just say, thank you, that was really great. And I mean, and even stopping a, a nauseous nurse from going to the emergency room, you know, she's like, well, the nausea is gone and she goes back to work and never asked anything about it. I think I wanted how to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You wouldn't want that power. <laughs> I know, you know, so I've had a variety of responses, but, uh, you know, a lot of people are surprised and I have seen some pretty dramatic things happen, you know, in and out of work, you know, especially with babies, because the thing about babies is, is that their energy is so vibrant and their vital force is so strong because they are actively growing even cellularly every day changing and so that vital force is really malleable because it hasn't had 30 40 years to create a pattern that might be a result of stress or muscular dysfunction or you know how your stomach hurts when your nerves come up and that happens to you for 20 years well that doesn't just go away with one session you kind of have to work at just like physical therapy in a way where you retrain your energy muscles so that it relaxes. You know, the babies don't have that kind of history yet. Right. So in order to, to help them to recover, it's pretty the results are pretty dramatic. And talking to them is pretty dramatic too, even if you don't work on them, you know, connecting with them. Because um, one, one doctor is a uh, psychologist, David Chamberlain, he wrote a book, The Mind of the Newborn Baby, and he hypnotized all these couplets. Well, the kids were already late adolescents or early adults. The prerequisite was that they didn't ever see a video or their moms didn't ever tell them the details about their birth. And they hypnotized mother and child in different sessions and the kids corroborated the details that the mothers also, when they were hypnotized, they remembered just about the same things, except when the kids were in the nursery. And one of, and, they, and this was something he did with dozens of couplets. And um, when they, it was almost like when they were reviewing everything from the hypnotic state, they were actually in uh, um like clairvoyance in a way they could feel the nurses and doctors energy they could feel whether they were welcomed and this study was done back in the 80s it's pretty old but you know they didn't have ultrasounds then they could tell if their gender was a disappointment to the mom or dad or you know they they were they were worried if the dad wasn't there because then they thought something must be wrong with the dad and they always worried about their moms you know, which is really interesting because when a woman is pregnant, that baby produces more stem cells to help to heal the mom in response to her um, condition. You know, and it makes sense. It's a power of survival. You know, that kid wants to to live, and there's or and that organ that that organic mechanism is in place. You know, so so anyways, I I found that really interesting. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, so let me ask you a question. Um, because I think people get afraid of being uh, 
used or uh, of having like somebody do stuff to them that's maybe a what you would call a charlatan or something like are, are there people that do energy that are frauds that are just trying to get people's money like i mean I don't know that this conversation is coming out, but yeah, because that's what I was afraid of when I was looking for like energy healers. Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know anybody fake, you know, I, but I, I do have to say that um, because I have participated in trainings and because my own senses have become subtle from the, I mean, I have worked on thousands of people at this point in time because I've been doing it for 30 years. I can feel when I'm receiving it, like who that person that's working on me, who are they being? Like, are they feeling rushed? And I think that, you know, when you're relaxing and somebody is being other than that, you can you can kind of tell the difference. I don't think that that's really frou-frou in a way, you know, it'd be like, I always tell my students, okay, say you come in for a massage and your, your, your massage therapist is acting like they're going to have a, an anxiety attack. How does that make you feel? That's true. Right? So I tell them, if you want to work on babies and you're afraid to, don't do it because it'll be unpleasant for them. You have to make sure that you're in alignment and a pure intention and you have to you have to fix yourself first. So I teach a lot of me first because I think that self-awareness is a necessary state because oftentimes when like a baby starts to cry, it might activate your subconscious about memories of trauma that you had when you were little. So sometimes what happens is, is that when people want babies to stop crying, it's their need almost on top of the baby's need. Sometimes the babies just need to cry. You know, I tell people, you go over to your friend's house and you had a bad day and you want to vent, what would happen if somebody put a lollipop in your mouth and said, it's okay, right? So, I mean, and the only, really, I've taken I, this uh, two-year course in pre- and perinatal psychology and birth preparation and, and just with working with babies for over 30 years, in a lot of ways, as far as consciousness, the only thing that's different between me and them, number one, is how many pounds they weigh. And number two is, is that they do not have the broad spectrum of what they can imagine. Like, say, for instance, if a baby goes to the NICU, they don't know that they haven't been abandoned. All of a sudden, they're just by themselves. So what we need to provide are the, the, the rest of the story to them so that it can make sense to them. Because like I said, they're recording it. Their ears are working. Their, you know, their stress is working. You know, everything is working. So why wouldn't you say something to a baby, like not to stick them in the heel to do a blood test while they're asleep, for instance. You know, I always wake them up and say, I have an owie for you. I'm sorry I have to do this. You know, and then I stick them. So it's, it's, it's like treating them just like you would anybody else that can talk. And I talk to them just like I'm talking to you. And I also have to say some of the nurses think I'm crazy. But, you know, I say, okay, now we're going to change your diaper. Now we're going to eat. Oh, you did such a good job. Okay, 
don't eat so fast. It's sit here. You can take your time, you know, that kind of stuff. And it really works. It really works. Sometimes they get really angry and they're oxygen hungry and they're in oxygen and I have to tell them what's going on so that they can relax. And I'm not even doing healing touch on them, but then I can lower the oxygen because they're getting ahead of themselves. So it's just like really being, I watched this video, it was interesting about parenting and it says it's so important to be with, not try to fix, but you know, and that's from the get-go, you be with their baby, the baby may need to cry. And I think sometimes if they don't stop crying when your heart is quiet, then they just need to cry. You know, but they learn neurologically, their imprints come from an outside source, so they do not self-soothe. So whoever this dude did, who whatever, this torture guy that started um, cry it out, that is ridiculous. Because then what, what conclusion do they come to is there's nobody there for me when I need them. Yeah, and then you have uh, all these emotional issues as you get older. And I don't think a lot of people really understand the impact of, uh, you know, I, I used to just go back to, to childhood, but I mean, you, what you're saying is, perinatal period that this had an impact on the wiring of the brain and if you don't address your own emotional issues uh, I mean that energy that's inside of you gets uh, it gets charged in these different situations and uh, I, I think that's really powerful especially for new mothers or, or any mother for that matter dealing with a, a child that's upset and you know, you have to deal with your upset first as well and allow the child to, to have Absolutely. feelings. And that's, that's where I was going. I kind of lost my way. I was on a tangent, but then you know, <laughs> when I come, come back and saying, it, it, it makes a really big difference if your birth people have dealt with their own trauma because then they can relax and be, and be a support. You know, if a woman starts freaking out, then it, it doesn't, all the decisions don't have to be fear-based. And, you know, and, and it's interesting, I went to the, to the um, it's Association for Pre- and Perinatal Psychology. It's birthpsychology.com. They have conferences and one conference was with, uh, one of the speakers was a, a midwife and she's been working in midwifery for 20 years. And she said, what was interesting was the more she worked on her own birth history and relieved her own stress, the less complications she had because her energy wasn't feeding fear into the mom so that the mom could relax. She was communicating ease. And when you're with somebody that seems like so at peace, it's kind of like you want to crawl into their, under their arm and just kind of be there with them, right? Because it just feels so yummy there. <laughs> so I think that what that does is it, it, it sets up the right energy. And, and as, as a healthcare worker, you don't just turn it on and it just stays there. You, it's kind of like you're a boat and you keep aiming for the lighthouse. And that's where I said self-awareness is so vital because you can find yourself starting to get activated and then you feel your feet and you take a deep breath and then you resume so that you can be, you know, the best um, advocate for 
both the mom and the baby and whoever's around, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you wrote a book, Your Baby Remembers Parenting with a Deep Heart. When did you write that? And, and what was, the, what was the, the point of writing it? What, what did you want to communicate in that book? Well, I wrote it. It was interesting. I, I, I have a master's in divinity and um, I had to have a project. And so um, this was initially uh, called the baby ministry for people to become aware of the fact that they are sentient beings from fertilization. Okay. And um, then what I did was, is I decided to make it a little more um, not so much in religious terms, you know, but it, it's still non-denominational, but it, it's, it's uh, directed towards moms who are pregnant or with new kids, just so that it's easy reading. You could pick it up and read it in an hour. You know, it has a really nice meditation to do with your baby that's very similar to the prenatal bonding that that doctor did you know, were different elements, and then people could kind of pick and choose what parts that they that they would like to, um, you know, integrate into their practice, because what's um, also what's important for them is, is, is self-care, because our health template is pretty set up by the time we're born, and yes, that's gen genetics and epigenetics, your surroundings and what happens to you once you're out, you know, has also a great deal to do with how your health progresses. However, wouldn't you just want to give your baby the best start by, you know, being being the um, the well cared for incubator that's going to bring this baby out so that they can have a great life and that you don't have to be in fix it mode; that you can be in maintenance mode because it's a lot easier to maintain than fix something once it's broken. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, the epigenetics is, is something that I, I came across um, that I found really interesting because at the time, um, my son, because he was about four or five years old, he had he kept saying, I'm a single mom and I've always been a single mom. I, I did a donor a sperm donation. Uh, so my pregnancy was very happy. <laughs> you know, there was no like loss of, of a husband or whatever. But um, at one point he says to me, mommy, I don't want you ever to marry. And, you know, he was, he would get really upset and start crying and stuff. And I'm like, what, you know, and trying to work through what it is. And he kept saying, well, I don't want you to leave me. If you, if you get married, you'll leave me. And the ironic part of that, I, I, maybe it's not ironic, but um, both my parents' parents, um, like three out of four of them, they're, they, when their parents got separated, the kids were abandoned um, in three cases in my direct family. Uh, so, you know, like my grand, my father's father's mother you know, left all of her kids, just abandoned them to, to marry somebody else. Uh, and so that happened to my two grandmoms and my grandpa. And uh, so when he said that, I was just blown away um, by that, that he was so, that I felt like he was so affected by family history in that, in that way. Oh yeah, there, there, that's another thing too. Um, you know, just for the folks out there, if you would like to read more about, um, you know, I have a, a Facebook page and it's got really great articles. I mean, years of, of me, you know, just research done and it's, it's in plain English and, 
you know, in, in, one, in, the, in a variety of articles, it says that, you know, what happens is, is we bring in the memories of our ancestors. And so sometimes what happens is, is we inherit their issues because it's in the memory, you know? And so it's so funny because, you know, people talk about past lives and sometimes I, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about it because I think, what if you're just remembering seven generations back or whatever, you know, your family experienced and you're the one that gets to heal it by bringing the light to it and, you know, forgiveness and, you know, or coming to peace with what happens. And, uh, yeah, so it's just also interesting. That's actually a beautiful thought that, that you're the one that could potentially be able to heal the pain that, that uh, your family history has been through. And it heals generations, future gen generations too, on the premise that there's no such thing as time and space in that other world that we can't really fathom, you know? So I think that's exciting. That is exciting. Well, yeah. Rita, tell us what your Facebook page is and how we can find out more about you. Um, and Well, Healing Touch for Babies, it's, that's the name of the page. My, my website isn't current. I'm kind of on a hiatus because I had a, a very bad fall. I didn't break anything, but I'm in the process of rehabbing. So... But my website's healingtouchforbabies.com and it's got also articles on it and it has a few interviews and podcasts there that people can look at. I even have like a little podcast where people can um, understand the idea of energy. It's on the front page. And um, right now, as far as workshop schedules, I, I haven't really done a lot, like I said, because of my, um, I need to heal myself first. So but I, I'm probably going to be teaching a workshop in Fort Collins in October, in November in Canada, and probably Minnesota in the spring. So that's it. And if anybody would like to coordinate a class, and I would love to hear from you, Rita at HealingTouchForBabies.com, because, um, yeah, it would just be really great to, go, to be able to go to other locations. Um, Yes, that would be great to connect with people. And I've taught in hospitals. I teach in the community. You know, I teach any range of people. Um, for nurses, I, I, I have to renew my continuing education requirement for that. But that's in the making. And um, if anybody wants to buy the book, it's on Amazon. It's, again, it's Your Baby Remembers. And if you can't think of anything to buy a woman for her baby shower, especially if it's her first baby, it's the greatest thing because my physical therapist is pregnant. So I gave her my book and she came back as her first baby. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Said she read it out loud with her husband. And I think that's so great that they actually know who's, who they're bringing into the world and what kind of senses they have and how to be able to respond to them and how to take care of themselves in it too. Yeah, I love that. I wish I had the, that book seven years ago. Anytime I teach a workshop, everybody says to me, I wish I had this information when I had my kids. Right, but you know, ironically, I probably wouldn't have been ready for it seven years ago. I would have been like, oh, that's ridiculous. And now I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> Where are you located? I'm in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. I'm originally from Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, Rita. Well, thank you so much for this interview. This was amazing. Uh, this is this is really great. I love talking about it. I really do. And you were fun to talk with. So again, if anybody wants to contact me, it's Rita at HealingTouchForBabies.com.